Hey y'all, it's Jasmine. Hey, it's Isabella. Hey, it's Elena. It's Nicola. It's Bella. And Ben. And we are back with another episode from Voice of Youth, from your favorite digital media platform, Youth Tellers. We're the youth giving you the truth, engaging in worldwide conversations centered around social impact, media, and arts. We are really excited to bring you monthly episodes featuring our favorite subject matter, conversations, and interviews with some of the industry's best. Get ready, because on this month's podcast, we're joined by Pixar veteran Elise Kleidman, who left Pixar to found and become the CEO of X in a Box. This is the voice of youth, and we are rolling in five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year, guys. It's Isabella. Before we get started with the interview, let's start off our first podcast of 2023 with some announcements. Story Experiential is open for registration and the program begins March 1st on a newly enhanced platform. You can join either the adult or youth cohort and work towards creating your own original story reel, which will be showcased in a public exhibition. Check out Story Experiential at www.storyexperiential.com and make sure to check out the incredible participant work in the exhibition galleries. This year, there are tons of upcoming movie releases to look forward to, such as Disney and Pixar's Elemental, which comes out on June 16th. Leave a comment below telling us all about your New Year's resolutions. And now, here's Nicola with the monthly artistic inspiration. Hey guys, it's Nicola here, back with the artistic inspirations for this month. For this artistic inspiration, I found a YouTuber called Inspiration Tuts. I know, very fitting name. Inspiration Tuts is a YouTuber who makes educational videos on the technologies and softwares used for digital media. He has many great videos covering a wide variety of subjects related to 2D animation, 3D animation, VFX, and so on. What I really like about Inspiration Tuts is that he makes sure to talk about every single program, application, or software that is on the market and that has the potential in helping create high-quality digital media. He also likes to take programs that are in a similar genre and thoroughly compare them to help us understand which would be more useful in certain areas. I particularly enjoyed one of his recent videos where he compared the program Adobe After Effects with the program Nuke. Again, that's Inspiration Tuts. I definitely recommend checking him out if you can. Now, let's head over to our main interview here on the Voice of Youth podcast in 3, 2, 1... Hey y'all, it is I, Jasmine again, and today we're joined here with Elise Kleidman. Elise worked for Pixar for 22 years and ran Pixar University, where she created Pixar in a Box. She then moved on from Pixar in a Box to found X in a Box and Story Experiential. I myself have taken her Story Experiential course with the youth tellers, and so I'm really excited to get to know the brains behind it, as well as get more insight about Mrs. Kleidman. To start off, well, first of all, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's such a pleasure and honor to be with you. Um, and to set the tone, we always like to start off with an icebreaker. And today's icebreaker is, have you ever had a childhood toy or stuffed animal? And if so, do you still have it? That is a question I have not been asked. It's funny, the first thing that pops into my mind is my brother's stuffed animal. I wasn't a big stuffed animal person. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I wasn't even that big of a toys person. I had like 
crayons and paint and pencils and paper. I had like art stuff all the time. Uh Um, My brother had this stuffed lion that he called Mr. Lion, and he still has today. I think I remember once telling my parents, like, you know, you always give me art supplies, which I love, but I really, really wanted like a Barbie doll. And (laughs) they were not, that wasn't their favorite kind of toy, but they finally got me one. And we were going to go on some trip, and I had it all ready to go with me, and then I lost it. And that was my mm-hmm. own Barbie doll. So that's that's what I remember about toys. That is interesting. You are one of the only people I know that never had a toy. I guess I've never really asked that many people, but I myself had a plethora of stuffed animals and toys that I just kept having to get rid of and get rid of. So that's thank you for some insight about that, because I didn't think of that. Like, you know, some people may not have had toys, but you enjoyed your childhood with playing with crayons and paint sets, right? Yeah, and I probably had toys. There's just none that stand out. I mean, I'm sure I did. I I have wonderful parents and, you know, they were one, but I just don't, like there weren't toys that were just my favorites that I really remember. And well, to carry along with our episode today, Isabella, take it away. Thank you. Welcome, Elise. My name is Isabella. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Hi, Isabella. It's so nice to be here with both of you. So just to get in, uh, get right into it, I recently watched your interview with Adobe for Education. And something that really stuck out to me was when you said that storytelling is so important to who we are as human beings and to our collective, to our empathy, and to our joy. Like, this is such an inspirational quote to me, and I just wanted to know what what kind of incited this outlook on storytelling for you, and was this always your mission? Great question. You know, I think it really crystallized for me at Pixar. I, I, I had, I mean, I've, I had a really interesting life. My family traveled a lot. We met all kinds of different people all over the world. My mother's an artist and my father's a writer. And so we were always having interesting conversations and I grew up hearing really interesting stories. But in my years at Pixar, which were obviously all focused on storytelling, just realizing the power that story has for all of us to help us understand each other, to to kind of validate our emotions, to experience emotions and joy and sadness together around stories and you know for me one of the things i did at at pixar was i ran pixar university our internal education program and i would get calls all the time from educators who wanted to kind of help their students understand more about storytelling process and what does it mean to work at a place like pixar And, you know, what I realized was the most important aspect of that, at least to begin with, was recognizing that your own story is important and recognizing that we're all storytellers. Um, So that really informed my mission um, to, to create Pixar in a Box, which we did while we were at Pixar, and then to do the, the ongoing work that we're doing now. I just see how Every day when you hear somebody else's story, someone who's really different from you, you realize that we're linked by being human beings with with deep emotions and joys and sadnesses and and that makes us, you know, understand each other and care for each other and maybe be more empathetic. Wow, that was so well said. Very inspirational. Very. Um, and I've seen that you've got your start 
and like the right side of the brain class. So it seems like you've always kind of had a thing for education and was working for uh, organizations like Pixar even in your brain when you first started wanting to teach this way? Good, good, good questions. One, you're right. Education, education and art have been the two kind of through lines throughout my life and my career. Um, I studied art, but I always taught. I started teaching the first time I taught, I was 11 years old and um, taught a class for three and four year olds in art so that my best friend and I could earn money to go visit her grandparents in Florida. Um, So that was the beginning of my teaching career, but I've always taught and I've always loved it. And I've taught from preschool age to adults, um, really every every level. And the question about Pixar, <laughs> I didn't even really know what Pixar was. I The way I got to Pixar was I was teaching a drawing on the right side of the brain class. Um, and drawing on the right side of the brain is a book that was written by Betty Edwards, who's an incredible woman, incredibly talented person, and and one of my mentors. And um, so I I worked with her teaching that method, and then I was teaching it on my own. And I was offering a class in my studio, and one of the women who was in the class, when she introduced herself, she said she was an artist and that she worked at a company called Pixar. Her name's Robin Cooper. And she said, and it's super cool. As an artist, I work for this company and I even have health insurance. And she was really excited about it. And, you know, I never thought much about it and didn't have kids yet. And so when Toy Story came out, I didn't, wasn't really paying attention. But shortly after that, I got a call from Robin Cooper. And she said, um, the head head of our company, a guy named Ed Catmull, is looking to hire a drawing teacher. And I recommended you. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. But I still didn't really get it, what Pixar was. I didn't really get it until um, Ed called me and asked me to come in for an interview. And I arrived at Pixar, which was then in Point Richmond, uh, California. And I... He was such a nice man and he gave me this wonderful tour and all of a sudden I was like, oh, this place is really cool. Wow. The fact that you weren't even really interested in Pixar, but you somehow found your journey there, just kind of telling how like education inspired you. Yeah, you just never know, you know, where your journey is going to take you. You just really don't. Um, it, it is it is fascinating to to see, to look back and be like, oh, that happened, which then led to this, which led to that. But you can't know that until you're looking backwards. Right. Yeah. So I know that our goal today is like kind of to talk about story experiential and the class that the youth tellers took. But I just want to go back to where this all first started, because you've talked a little bit about it. But I want to talk more about your programs, like Pixar in a Box. It's more of a behind-the-scenes look at how filmmakers at Pixar create. And then X in the Box is a team-based you know, art and education program that allows students to showcase their work with peers and experts. What was, like, was this transition between the two projects? Was it smooth sailing, or did you have any setbacks? Well, one, there's always setbacks, no matter what. I mean, that's part of every journey is problem solving and setbacks. Pixar in a Box, we created when we were at 
Pixar when we were working for Pixar. And and that really came from, from on my side from running Pixar University and getting these phone calls from educators at every level who wanted support in terms of bringing, bringing what happens at Pixar to their students. And so, you know, we couldn't send people out to every school that asked. So I started thinking about how can we create some kind of a resource that we can share with educators and put out in the world and make it free um, and, and really accessible so anybody could learn about the careers at Pixar and how it works. My colleague, Tony DeRose, had already been giving talks about math. He's a math and science guy, and he'd been giving talks about how math works in the movies, a talk called Math in the Movies. And so we started talking, the two of us together. We then started talking to the folks at Khan Academy and realized that we could maybe work together to create some content, some lessons, some videos, materials that would achieve that goal. And we were really lucky because the Walt Disney Company, their corporate social responsibility team, at that point was run by a wonderful man named Michael Stratmanis. Mike had worked uh, in the Obama administration and he was now at Disney. And he so he supported this project and funded it. And it was an amazing journey. Um, everyone at Pixar was supportive. People were really excited to create this content. And, you know, it went out in the world. Were there bumps along the way? Absolutely. We had to figure out what we were doing and how we were doing it. But, you know, the bumps are where you learn. The, sort of taking a big jump and going to forming X in a box and then story experiential. That happened after we left Pixar. Um, and both Tony and I left Pixar around the same time in the beginning of 2019. You know, we realized during the process of creating Pixar in a Box and, and also Imagineering in a Box, that's another program we created that's on Khan Academy. We really wanted to, to, to take our time at this stage of our careers and focus it on education and equity and really providing all learners with the opportunity to understand what careers are out there and how they could be a part of them and give them opportunities to learn the skills and practice the skills of those different opportunities. And so that's what really led to us forming X in a Box. And I just wanted to ask you about your experience with introducing Pixar in a Box, the curriculum to Khan Academy. Because Khan Academy is known as an educational application kind of on its own. So how did your program add a more artistic aspect to the program? Great question. When, you know, when we were first coming up with the idea for Pixar in a Box, we knew that we needed to work with a partner who already had experience as, as a digital platform that shared educational content. And just at the time that we were kind of trying to figure out who that partner would be, Khan Academy was looking into working with more partner organizations so that they could bring different kinds of learning experiences to to their community. So we were just really lucky. The timing worked out really well in terms of what we wanted to do and what Khan wanted to do. And we had really complementary skills and abilities. So we were able to really figure out how to bring, how to create Pixar in a Box and make it effective together. You, you said that like X in a Box, you launched it after you left Pixar. So what was the motivation for the move from Pixar to your own kind of company? 
Yeah, one of the things that we um, would run into at at Pixar, which made a lot of sense, was Pixar has to prioritize filmmaking. And we would, you know, often hear, look, we love this education work. It's incredible what you're doing, but we are an entertainment company that needs to focus our our resources on making movies and you know at in any company if you start to try to do too many things that maybe takes you away from doing the thing that's most critical to your company um, and maybe you don't do it as well and and so we totally understood that but i think we realized that at that stage of our careers this like what i said before education and equity was was really what was most important to us and so we realized that we you know we could leave and and focus on that goal and vision and I loved my years at Pixar and I learned so much extraordinary people I feel so lucky that I had that experience but I also feel like at a certain time in one's career it's really amazing if you can share the wisdom and the experiences that you got to have um, with, you know, the next generations and and set them up for the kind of, you know, joy and success that I had. I agree. That's incredibly important. Um, We also really respect your continual efforts to improve your programs. And after the launch of Experiential, did you have to like immediately revise anything or did you feel like, no, this is like a set plan? We're constantly revising. <laughs> we we live by the same um, philosophy that we share in the Story Experiential Program, which is that it's all about feedback and it's all about iteration. So when we, you know, as a part of X in a Box, X in a Box is our parent company. It's our home base company, and we do a, a, a number of different things. We create educational programs and work with corporate partners to help them figure out their educational strategy. But Story Experiential probably about a year into the pandemic, we started to think, how could we create a program that was just super easy for educators to use? Like they just had to join, they didn't have to think about how to incorporate it in their curriculum. Same thing for individuals, that it would be all inclusive. You just join and then it leads you through it. Um, And so, we launched that for the first time in September, October of 2021. Um, we've now run four sessions of Story Experiential. I think you all know because you've been in some of them. And the first one, we had 350 youth participants, um, 13 to 18 years old. After that first session, we added, because there were so many requests, we added an adult cohort, so 18 and above. So that was one thing that came from feedback. But really, literally every day we're changing things based on the feedback we get because we only know as much as we know and our participants who come from all over the world and all different backgrounds um, they're the ones who can best tell us what works Um, and we're really lucky now we have a group of alumni advisors um, and they are they are like deeply embedded in helping us continue to make it better and communicating with participants so that's a great question and it's a really important part of what we do and it'll never stop like we'll never get to a point where we say oh we got this perfectly worked out we're all done we'll always be improving that's great yeah it's important to like always improve on what you've been doing and I think you've done a great job with that 
Another question that comes to mind is, what was the reaction from schools and education organizations when you pitched them the idea for the program? I mean, I think we did always want it to be available to schools. Um, you know, uh, when we first were working on Pixar in a Box with Khan Academy, their focus was on individuals, right? Students, individual students coming. But when we designed Pixar in a Box and then later any content we created with X in a Box and, and Story Experiential, we always have had schools in mind, um, educators in mind, as well as individuals. Um, and the reaction has always been really great, has been super excited because, you know, it's really hard as a, as a student or an educator to get behind the scenes of a company like Pixar, um, or we've worked with Epic Games and Adobe um, and other organizations. And so, like, you know, you don't, not everybody gets to go behind the scenes at those companies and ask a million questions about how do you do the work you do and what are the different jobs there and how could I get involved in something like that? So by creating this the resources, the the content that we create, and the experiences, the learning experiences that we create, um, that allows you to go inside places that you wouldn't before. So yeah, educators have been really supportive, really excited, and been really helpful in helping us understand what we needed to do to make our programs benefit them and benefit their students the best. We have, I think I mentioned, um, an educator advisory team as well. And so we are constantly getting advice and learning um, from, from schools. Can I just note something really quick? Because me and Isabella talked about this the other day, is like, I just wouldn't like when we were hearing about you and I was just like, you know, it's kind of really amazing that Elise is providing this opportunities for students and educators to get a further in-depth uh, hands-on experience with the art world. Because normally when you think about educators, you don't really think of them having like that much knowledge of the art world unless they have hands-on experience themselves like if your professor was in the industry so i think it's just really cool because the only like type of artistry i had back in middle school and high school was like art classes unless you went to like a performing art school that's the only time you had help to like build up your career and your portfolio because in my honest opinion i think that it really does help when you as in your younger years are getting to explore the art world. Yeah, no, I, I, I thank you for saying that. I, I agree. And I think that's true for not only the art world, it's true, you know, there's just, it's so hard to understand what all the possibilities are and how do you explore those to know what's going to be your passion and your interest. And, and it's hard for educators to provide those experiences unless there are resources that really give you an authentic look into those experiences and more important than looking and hearing from people, authentic opportunities to to make things, to create um, and, and you know, to, to experience. And so one of the one of the courses you created was story experiential and it, you know, it was something that I it was my first time personally curating animation because for me, I'm more ready to pick up a camera then a paintbrush or a pencil, but I felt like uh, the course for a story exponential was laid out so smoothly to allow me to kind of, you know, take the time to understand step by step, what do I need to do to create an animated story? And I think that, th that your program works out 
very, very well that way. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, one thing I just want to comment on is, you know, we did this program, um, Story Experiential, based on some of the content that we created for Pixar in a Box. And, and we did the first series of the, of the pilot program with Pixar. So it did sort of focus on animation, but it's really about storytelling, which could be for podcasts or journalism or writing a novel or making a live action film or a documentary. It's the core of storytelling. And so I know sometimes people get concerned when they're taking the program that, you know, they're not artists and maybe they're not, they don't draw well enough or they don't know, you know, how to be an animator. And we always say that that's secondary, that what's really core to this program is the So when you were creating this uh, and starting this program, was the intention to help those who may want to dabble in animation, storytelling in the future or any type of art in the future? or for those who already have experience in the art world or for artists of, well, you said artists of all kinds. So did it like smoothly transition or did you already have it set in mind that uh, the story spine for Story Experiential was for artists and people of all kinds to come and take this course? Great question. Um, you all are doing, you all have such great questions. You've clearly done your research and, and thought really hard about this. We worked really hard to make this program as flexible as possible so that it could be for people who are, have never done anything that about storytelling or drawing but are interested for people who are really passionate about a career in animation or a career in storytelling for people who like to work together in groups or who would rather work individually for people who are focused on art versus some who might be focused on editing or sound effects or or just you know sharing stories so we really wanted it to have the potential to be an introduction and also allow you to go in depth. Mm. So were you able to see that kind of growth from those who have like had no experience, you know, going from zero experience to taking your course and how they came out on the other side? What was that feedback feedback like, if any? Absolutely. We, we've had a lot of people who started and in the beginning were maybe a little nervous, like, oh, am I going to be able to do this? But what we've heard is that the support that they've gotten through through the exercises and, you know, the video content, hearing the professionals talk about their own journeys has been really great. The step-by-step aspect of, of creating um, the deliverables, but probably most importantly, the support and feedback they got from the other participants in the community. So when you all upload your work into the gallery and you get to not only get feedback on your work, but see everybody else's work, it really helps you to see, oh, okay, there's some people who draw better than me, but there's some people who don't, but then, wow, people are saying things like they really can relate to my character or they really love this part of my story. And then they're giving me feedback to help me make it better. So I think that feedback iteration and the creative community are something that are really special about about the experiential program. Yeah, well, I can tell you firsthand that I, I did love the feedback section when we posted our project, the project me and my group did, um, because I was not very confident, like I said, in drawing, 
But I feel like after taking Story Experiential, I feel definitely more and more confident in being able to visually draw out a story versus just use my words because of this course. Thank you for saying that. That is so wonderful, wonderful to hear. That's that's what we hope. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, you know, as a youth voice program, the youth tellers, you know, we've taken it, all of us have taken Story Experiential. And we also, as a program, we have firsthand experience in the importance of having a voice in the world of art. So I just want to, you know, like ask, um, how has it been seeing the change of youth art? Because I'm sure you said um, your pro your organization has worked with Adobe and Khan Academy, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, maybe back then um, students weren't given the opportunity to work with such uh, well-respected programs and softwares. So how has that, you know, has there at all been, I'm sure, a shift between what was given to students for the art industry? Yeah, I mean, you know, one, I just want to comment on what you said about having a voice and how absolutely critical and essential that is. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying about storytelling being at the core of our humanity. And so that voice, if we're sharing our stories, then we can, you know, be kinder, better people. Um, I think the the digital age, the world that we live in has given us some really great tools to be able to share those stories and companies like Adobe um, and Pixar and Epic Games that we've worked with also are, are, are part of that. You know, they've created tools that let people be, be creative or have shared stories about creativity um, that help encourage. And so we have to make sure that we can get these tools and these resources in the hands of all. Um, and I think that's one of our biggest challenges, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, we know there's a digital divide. We know that education is not always equitable. We know resources aren't shared and spread equitably. So the more that organizations can do to make sure that the incredible tools and, and content that they're creating can really find their find it into the hands of, of all. Um, I think that's one of our big challenges. Indeed, I agree because, you know, allowing, you know, putting your the these platforms and organizations on the internet for those who may be all over the world, which is why we, um, youth tellers, were able to do Story Experiential because it was a digital platform where any and everyone can take it no matter what time zone you and your group may be in. Um, but uh, just to go back a little, um, I just wanted to say, I'm sure that many people can agree when I say that uh, working at Pixar seems like a major accomplishment. Um, but then you furthered became your own CEO of your own organization. So do you feel, you know, after working, um, which not saying that there's a cap for when uh, someone's mission can be completed, but do you feel as though your mission has been completed or that you've left your mark in the legacy um, in the world of art and education? I mean, I don't think one's mission is ever complete. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm always learning and I always am reaching for new goals and experiences. And I don't know exactly what those are gonna be. Um, I do know that the, the vision around education and educational equity is huge and it's going to take 
Yeah. All of us um, working towards it. And, and, you know, we have so many other big issues in the world to be working towards around climate change, et cetera, that I, it just is going to take us all doing everything we can do. So I feel really blessed and really lucky for the career I've had and the people I've met and the experiences I've had and, and this opportunity to to lead an organization with my two co-founders, uh, Britt and Tony, who are extraordinary people and our whole team. Um, I just feel lucky to to get to be learning along the way with with all of them um, and you and and everybody who contributes to to this process. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. But before, I'm not sure if Isabella has or anyone else has any more questions. But I just want to backtrack to when you said that you start at the age of 11 because. <laughs> I'm not sure if you ever mentioned that in another interview, but I just think that that's amazing that you started teaching at the age of 11 because that's when you, um, you're you thinking of people just now becoming into their uh, own type of artist. But you've already kind of, would you say, already knew who you were as an artist or what you wanted in the world of art? That's a good question. You know, I, I grew up surrounded by art. And like I said, I got a lot of art supplies as as a child <laughs> so yeah. i was always making stuff um and i think i just sort of naturally slid into that um i don't know that i was like i know i'm gonna do that from the age of 11. um and then the teaching piece of it teaching just always i really enjoyed how much you learn when you're teaching um and and it was also a way as as an artist to make a living because it's really hard to make a living as an artist so mm -hmm. those two just really went hand in hand together and i was lucky to have different opportunities to teach in different ways and i i guess when those opportunities came to me i took them because i liked them you know i think a lot of times that's what it's about it's it's about looking for the opportunities you're interested in, but also see, paying attention to what you say yes to and what you say no to. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree with that one. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, before we wrap it up, we love to just end off on, we normally wrap up our episodes with the question, how do you think outside the lens? But I think it's only right for we to actually, how do you think outside of the box? <laughs> that's a good that's a good question right um because we are i i think about that a lot we have this company called x in a box but i think what's so important in the world is to be always looking outside of the boxes and i think you know for me that means just always staying curious um never assuming things never just taking what you see at face value but but trying to learn more and trying to ask questions and trying to be curious and trying to open our our brains and our hearts um we're you know complicated place in the world and you know i think there's a lot of a lot of divisiveness and i it's hard to stay curious all the time but i think mm -hmm. staying curious is how i try to think outside the box i think that's well put well, thank you so much for um, talking with us today. I really appreciate all of your answers. They really gave us kind of an insight into what you do and your love for education and our inspiration. I love talking to you. Um, you all have had 
you've had such great questions and made me feel really comfortable and this was really fun so thank you so much i'm so so pleased that you've been a part of story experiential and that you invited me here today thank you so much for um taking your time and i'm going to pass it to yelena for the quote thanks for listening to today's episode and here we are with a new quote of the month every viewer is going to get a different thing that's the thing about painting photography and cinema written by david lynch Tell us in comments below what stood out the most for you in this episode. See you next month in a new one. Alright, that's a wrap. Thanks again for listening to Voice of Youth, your favorite digital media platform. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Youth Tellers. And we will see you all in the next month.